I am unashamed. What about you? The biblical times, you had many names. I think in stages of but your you life. But you have many names now. I know. They call you but slick. Not you enough. Chase. I need more names. You just <laughs> they're gonna your your, your grandkids are gonna call you Rock. You know we've you know. You know what? I'm getting closer to pushing that through. Uh, Missy, I, the last time Maybe. I talked to her, her will had 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 yeah. bent. I wouldn't say it's broken, but it's bent. It's it just shows you. If you lead, if you lead, they will follow. Because I hadn't got Chase off of it. wants to be rock. I said, look, I'm, I don't know why you think this is so ridiculous when the savior of the world was known as the chief cornerstone. I got that from him. You got a problem with that, argue with him. You remember what he told Peter? On this rock, I'm going to build my church. Rock is the ultimate grandparent name, and now I have I've quit denying it. I am now pursuing it. I want to have a bumper. I want a bumper sticker and say, "Yeah, I'm known as Rock." We let some celebrity steal that name. But so so listen. This shows you how a woman thinks, though, Jay. So I, you know, I was like, well, I, you know, I, I kind of liked. It. I mean, I laughed when he first said it because I thought he was joking, but I kind, I kind of like it too. And she said, children can't pronounce their R's until they get a certain age. <laughs> so, so he'll be so called walk. 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 That is so my wife. And I was That's like, true. you know, I never thought of that one, Miss. <laughs> Well, wasn't there a wasn't there a group of people in Star Wars named Watts? The Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah. They, were yeah, Ewoks. they were the Ewoks. They got that from a probably they had the idea when they were cooking some rice <laughs> in a wok. And they or, said, Oh, let's I got it, honey. Let's name them Ewoks. Ewoks. They're from the country E. Planet. Planet. They were from a they're, planet. They're from a different planet. Oh well. Planet country. <laughs> Star Wars, you gotta expand your universe. <laughs> So well, anyway, so we're talking about names because Dad met a guy yesterday. We were trying to remember his name. That's what started this discussion. This is how we go off the rail. Uh, you met a guy from Jerusalem. You had you had more than one person from Jerusalem at your churches, do you? Yeah, one of them. The one who spent time in the Middle East. Yeah, he was from France and uh, was converted. Well, good. Uh, the French yeah. need it. And Stephen, I think <laughs> so it's Cowley. Cowley. Carly, I thought his last name. I'm probably butchering your last name, Stephen. But uh, does he listen to the podcast? He 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 was born in Jerusalem and I found a scrap of paper on the on the road one day and picked it up and he said he read John three sixteen. He speaks about three or four languages. He found wait a minute, Phil. He found a scrap of paper that had John three sixteen. He on said it? he found a scrap in Aramaic. Yeah, yeah in yeah. Aramaic. Yeah, yeah. And, and he picked it up and he said, hmm. He said, so we investigated. You know, for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him won't perish, but have eternal life. He looked at that. He said, hmm. So he investigated him, and he said that's how he was converted to Jesus. Well, now, now that's a story. Now that's he's story. surrounded by, uh, how, what shall I say, uh, a lot of hostility. You know, Jerusalem is a, you know, Israel you know, the Palestinians in Israel, these wars. Been oh, fighting. I was there. And constantly I was Ooh. lowering my head looking around. He's yeah. been Whoa. beaten. He's been beaten severely, uh, lost family members, lots of gunfire inside the place where they were meeting, lots of beatings. So out of that, his faith is strong, and he's trying to create a revival situation uh, in, in Jerusalem. I think there was about, he said about 30,000 Christians are left there with the mighty throngs out there. You know, you got, you know, Islam and Christianity and Judaism all in a mixture right there in close quarters. So it's a pretty yeah. daunting task. But uh, they're trying to raise some finances to get to get uh, something going over there, you know, like yeah. a beachhead of, of evangelism. He's kind of working through the Southern Baptist, right, to do it. I asked him when he when he showed up yesterday morning, I said, why don't you do the Lord's Supper for us? As a Jew, you you probably appreciate yeah, I thought this. That was, I thought that was interesting. It shows kind of the, the uh, what would you call it, the uh, spontaneity of, of Dad's uh, uh, 
group over there on Sunday morning because you know the sky was coming. It's like, hey, why don't you do communion? Today? Well, the difference Which in was really Phil and most church said, leaders. I would love to. And, and so, was it good? Oh, it was fantastic. But, but I'm saying the difference in Phil and most leaders, if, if that would have started going down a wrong road, Phil would have just said, hey, all right, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> he would have got, got the cane out, and yeah. the, the old hook. <laughs> well, the guy was already impressed. Dad told me because Dad has his your AR there, right? Oh yeah. So he sees the AR and he was like, "Hey, I feel like I'm back home." Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with the old AR here next to me when I'm speaking, we laugh about that. But to all the people who have lost their who have lost That's their true. lives, either at just going to some kind of concert or just going to meet with. With God's people on Sunday morning, somebody bursts in, you know, kicks the door in and starts shooting. Happens it, every day. It happens. happens a lot. So because of that, you know, so in a lot of ways, we're no different than yeah. the, the Israelis over there who are Christians. Well, didn't, you tell, well, didn't you tell me that they carry, these people carry around a thing that looks like a coat hanger. And That's they, what he said. Yeah, you said, and then he snaps it out, and then they'll yep. just beat the fire out of you. You get the old he, 40 he, minus he, one. He took a beating himself, and uh, he said they just beat him, and so some of his kinfolks, but he said they just beat him down. To, it was horrific. But uh, it's hard for American Christians to kind of realize what people around the world But once you go over there, severely. I mean, I saw the day we all went to the wall and the celebration on the, I guess, the Sabbath, you know, we went. And I mean, I saw several young lads get whacked, just yep. just in normal proceedings. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I mean, not only will they whip you, they'll do it in public. <laughs> uh, not whoop. That was just a whack. A yeah. lot of these things and, going on in the Book of Acts has reached all the way to us and some of our uh, brothers, and in, and in Jerusalem, and in, in Jerusalem, it's a it's a daily. Th- to daily keep watch, well, I told, be vigilant. I told you the story when we went and and had our our worship and and service in Bethlehem, and you know at the that building had been bombed thirteen or fourteen times, and it was just a whole different attitude when you're sitting there thinking at any moment this could blow up. Yeah, I mean, he wrote a book living in Jesus, the backyard of Jesus. Because oh, yeah. that that that's where well, that's a he, good name. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, living there and what it, what it's like two thousand years later, and uh, I, I've already I hadn't read it all, but I just started reading it. I said, boy, this is this is really something here. Mm-hmm. So he's on a mission. I'll get. I'll, we'll we'll bring some of his paperwork to people. They can contact. To so know about how how to help him if you want to. Yeah, that's uh, it's really interesting because. Of course, this guy just showed up. You get to meet him, but you realize how many stories and things are happening every day you don't know about until you run across it, right? Yep. You hear a guy's story like that, and you're just like, man. And it, and it's very biblically oriented because it's just what the, you know, it's been going on, like sure. said, for 2,000 years in some place. Um, so we're at, uh, in Matthew chapter 8. Well, I wanted to say something we didn't say in the last podcast, but. There's a couple of instances, like in Matthew 8, when the centurion, which we said this was kind of the introduction of that Gentiles could be saved, and not only Gentiles, one that's commanding an army that is viewed as our enemy for the Jewish people. Which, by the way, ironically, it was also another centurion, Cornelius, in Acts chapter 10, that become, he, he and his family become the first official Jewish converts post-Christianity. Which yep, was yeah. really interesting. So again, to your point, there's a you know, there's these guys are they're occupiers. I mean, people hate these people, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. But I was gonna say, you know, a lot of churches you hear this these people say, Oh, that was a good word, or they say they use that in a way where like somebody says something that was like this word came from God, but I think they get that from this terminology that I was going to bring out when the centurion, he told Jesus in Matthew 8, 8, when he said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And because Jesus said, I'll go and heal him. But he's like, well, we don't, you don't even, I'm not even worthy of you to even be, just, just say the word, which is, I think, pretty cool because when, when this centurion gives the word in his, in what he does, they that, move. that, yeah, that, but he's like, your word is greater. But I noticed also in chapter eight, 
in verse 16, because then after he had just healed Peter's mother-in-law, it said, when the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits. And then you see this phrase again, with a word, and healed all the sick. And then the point I'm trying to make is Zach and I were in agreement that Jesus is greater than the miracle, and his word is greater than any other word. Yeah. And that's why John, I mean, he crafted his whole account of what Jesus did and who he is where he started in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. And someone had the bright idea to put Jesus's words in red letters, which I'm in full support of. And so I was just going to make that point that throughout these, these miracles, you got to realize who he is and he gets to his motivation in the end of chapter nine, which we'll eventually get there because he looked at them and saw that they were, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and that's why you know john 10 he's the good shepherd and so i think when you 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 don't want to get too bogged down in the trees of the miracles where you miss this overall introduction of yeah there's a god you're looking at him yes there was a law i'm fulfilling it but i'm doing this because i love people and my word is power more powerful than any other word you can come up with, which is why we put our faith and trust in them. The world's full of pon- pontificators on certain levels, from the philosophers and all of them, you know, Socrates, you know, Aristotle. They've had these people, you know, philosophies. You know, they're 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 saying what they think, and crowds gather up. But to this day, one person that you could rely on to be the final word. He's, he, I'm looking at it like final word is him, yeah, Jesus. That's right. One person who ever lived. That's pretty rare, Al. Yeah. Well, Talking I mean, about a needle in a haystack. It shows his true nature, and Zach talked about that before last time. It shows that it, he is truly unique Ooh. and different from anything or anybody that's ever lived or ever will live. That's I mean, it. Because he's divine, you know human being, which is powerful. Well, I think what's interesting, Jay, is that you brought this up before we get to the the two demon-possessed men and the pigs. We, we kind of alluded to it last time. But they had the little instance where they were in the boat, and Jesus was just going to sleep through it because he wasn't worried about it at all. But, of course, they were afraid they were going to get swamped. So they wake him up, and it's almost like he's a little bit like when we used to wake up Dad. You know, there was a rule when we grew up. You don't yeah. wake that up you know it's like it's the old jim croce song you know yep. you don't spit in the wind i carried that over into my my crew yeah they don't they don't wake me up i had two rules basically don't lie and don't wake me up <laughs> and if you wake me up don't lie and say, say you didn't do it well the don't lie <laughs> offered grace on anything except lying let, yeah, let me some, hear it and, well billy red dog phillips was working for us at the time and Leonard Skinner called me up. He wanted to come together and have a duck hunt or something, but unbeknownst to me, because I'm in there taking a nap. Well, mine, because they had instruction, don't wake him up. I got up, and when I woke up, Billy Red said, uh, "You know, somebody Leonard Skinner called," and I said, "What they want?" And he said, "Well, I don't know. They just wanted to talk to you." I said, "Well, what, what's their number?" He said, "Well, I just told him you're just taking a nap." <laughs> and I said, "Let me explain something to you." You don't wake me up unless the president of the United States or Leonard Skinner calls. But you should have one of them call. Give me the you telephone. You should have clarified that. Because look, when I was a kid, if the president of the United States would have called and you were taking a nap, I would have said, "Can I take a message?" Because he's taking a nap. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have awakened you. Yeah. Well, so, to my point, that's kind that's of fine. Bad. Give me the information. I can get a hold of them if I want to. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least take a number. Let's take a break. So, Dad, we got to meet our, our good friends that uh, created Omega XL, and they did it with 35 years of clinical research. It was really interesting talking, listening to them talk about pain and how they dealt with it. And, of course, uh, Dr. McQuillan, the wife part of this team, it's a husband and wife team. She's a, she's a researcher and a, and a doctor. 
So she really kind of explained to us the science behind why this product works. And it really does. And so dad and I were just kind of, you know, talk, doing a testimonial about how it's helped us with our inflammation. So we want to encourage you guys to check this out, uh, especially if, you know, you got some aches and pains and chronic stuff. It can really, really help because it's helped us a lot, uh, mom and size as well. So you go to OmegaXL.com slash fill and you're going to buy a bottle and you get a second bottle for free and which is really great that's a two-month supply and she told us it takes about eight weeks before it like fully integrates with your system so that's when you'll notice the difference omegaxl.com slash fill or you can call them 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 or omegaxl.com slash fill So I don't know that Jesus was perturbed, but he, he, so when they wake him up, he says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. They were amazed and said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What I found was interesting about that was he had just, he's been healing, doing all these great things. And they seem shocked over this particular thing. And maybe you're right, Des, maybe it's just because it was the first time nature which, That's what I which think. Which does drive fear yeah. in people. I mean, you see people when a storm is coming. I mean, people get. I well, mean, but I mean, what I'm saying is, if you even in the witchcraft world and that there's all these remedies and. That's where we get all these movies about this. Okay, you can heal some people. You got some tricks here, and okay, you've you can do a seance and remove demons, but you know, a hurricane's a hurricane. <laughs> that. Wait a minute here. I, I I really think that's what the problem was. Because if you were in the storm, I've been out on the water before and a storm come up. And that day when me, you, and Tommy, we were duck hunting somewhere and Tommy had this bright idea that, oh, the wind's not that bad. And we got out there and I'm like, we're going to die out here because the <laughs> yeah. waves were so big. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess when the boat turns over, I'm just going to grab one of these trees and hope somebody picks me up because we're we're – we're not going to make We're going it. in the water. But we did. I mean, maybe the Lord intervened, but I thought death was pretty sure there on that day. Cause, but I would have never thought, oh, at back in this day, he can just go in the storm. Right. Plus, you, you get to look at these readings and you say, how could mere men have invented such a person? And, and I, I'm thinking it's impossible to invent this. Yeah. Well, and to my point, Phil, when it's a, it says he rebuked the winds and waves. So yeah. what did he say? Whatever he said, whew, I think other some of the other parallel passages, they be quiet or be still. Or, you know, even when we get to the pigs, you know, he just said one word, go. But when Jesus says go, yeah. things happen. Old Thomas <laughs> Jefferson, I always bring him up when I get to these readings because when he got to this part, he said, I have no argument with what he said, the greatest words ever spoken. He said, but I, I can't make that next leap. So he would have loved the Sermon on the Mount, not so much the, you know, that, that's proving right. of the authority. He couldn't go with but my point supernatural. Was when, when somebody says, do you have a word from God? I say, yeah, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm going to use his words. Yeah. His words are more powerful than my words. So. Yep. You get to know Jesus and, and what he said, yeah. and that's the way to have success. And by the way, it works both ways. Jesus calmed it with the word. But you look back in the Old Testament, and you know also God, should, he conjured weather and events with the word. I was thinking about that when you know, it hadn't rained in three years. And Elijah, you know, after he defeats, and so now God's going to bring rain on the land. And it said a cloud came up about the size of your fist. I mean, it hadn't rained in three years, and all of a sudden this little cloud comes up the size of your fist. Then, of course, just in no time, it's just raining everywhere and replenishing everything in Israel. It hadn't rained in three years. So he has the power both ways. Not only can he calm the storm, but he can bring a storm, you know, oh, yeah. or, or a plague or whatever, you know, turn the locust loose, turn whatever. So it's, it's fascinating. Think about it. What struck me is he got into the boat with his disciples and even his disciples, having seen that. Correct. Uh, and also, the man with leprosy and the faith of the centurion and Jesus heals many and calls to follow in Jesus and the loaves and the fishes, whatever. 
but you just add all that up. But to show you the frailty of the human mind, they still didn't believe in him. They still didn't believe in the resurrection. They were still not right. quite sure of what he was fixing to do next because they, or they wouldn't have deserted him. Right. So if you look at it, you say, after all that, you would have thought, like Peter was saying, I'll never forsake you, but he did. Yeah. So it shows you the frailty of the human race. Right. Takes right. a lot to win them over, Al. It does. And to keep them one over. Even the miraculous, it won't bring them. I agree. So Jason, this 28, he arrived at the other side, so he's he's on the Sea of Galilee, and you've been there. Do, do you remember them saying that you were where this happened? I, I was wondering if that Yeah, came there up. was one. They said there's a cliff there that kind of matched it, but to me, the the whole Sea of Galilee is kind of a bowl. Yeah. I mean, and you can any cap- cliff would have sufficed for this, <laughs> even 2,000 years later. I can see them. I literally I just wondered if, that. Of course, I'm sure every tour guide wants to highlight everything. So I just Yeah, that's what I gathered. I mean, everywhere we went, it was like, no, this is the place where they think Jesus was crucified. And I was like, well, the same guy said that three miles down the road here. <laughs> right. yeah. And he did it for half the price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be told a tale, I'd just soon do it at a discount. Is what you're saying. I mean, that's kind of the way it was. I mean, every cave, which these caves were cool, every cave we went into, now this was probably the cave where they yeah. think, you know. And, yeah. So but they had the one for Jesus' birth. They had the one for his resurrection. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't this one, but it was like this. But, I mean, look, it doesn't matter what the exact. Because it gave you the one. sense of being there, what it would have looked like, which is. I know. will I will tell you this. Every place we went, there were people in tears. Be And, and I, I, you know, to me, I'm looking at things more from a spiritual perspective, and they're looking at this physical place yeah but even that it is powerful that 2000 years later there are people in large quantities gathering and tears are flowing just be it in the very just the general area of where this went went down which i i I think is really but i get that because it stephen said to this day the the feel of it as a follower of jesus who worked his way out of Judaism, he said, to this day, you're walking around where he walked, and it, it, there's a feeling that comes over you. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I get that it would spark a strong emotional response, guys, because, it, yeah. it, it, you know, you go through a life-changing event by following him, and then if you get to be the place where he was and see it, I mean, that's pretty awesome. I'm hoping yeah, to get is. there myself. Um, so anyway, he gets to this region uh, of the Gadarenes, and there's two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs so obviously uh, back to our outcast themes these guys are living in the cemetery which by the way is another unclean place that's not you can't be hanging around there this is another violation of the oh yeah you know once once you're there out where the dead people are no good i think too al also when you look at the how he describes the opposition you know in the last one the storm was furious and in this case it says they were so violent that no one could pass that away, which in my point, I think a lot Everybody of times— Everybody just went around them. Yeah. But a lot of times we blame God for a lot of things that the the evil world is responsible for, and in this case, it was causing violence, which is a problem in our society today. Big one. And when you say, like, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if I'm in a big city— and I'm walking, and, and I see a, a group of people there, and they seem like they're out of their mind, and they're yelling at people, and they they haven't bathed, and it smells terrible. This little, I tend to cross the street and just, you know, I tend to avoid, you know, engaging. I, I guess people. what I'm, my question is, where in the Word of God, and we have Matthew, then next Mark, Luke, and John, when did the demon possession end? I want to just talk about that because a lot of people are, are going to ask that. What we today yeah, this is the way it was there, but that's not happening. We call anymore. it mental illness today. Is what is how we've termed what is being described here. Now I don't know. You know, I do know some people that have been mentally ill. It, is is that was that demon possession? Well, what do you think? I think the world's response is you know let's do something about mental illness. 
which we're all for. I mean, but the world never addresses the spiritual, right? The spiritual side of things, spiritual illness. Because it seems like the assumption is always that it's mental or physical. They were violent and they were doing a lot of shouting. Well, Zach, what, what, what's <laughs> hang, your take? Hang on, let's take a break. So, Jace, you brought in, uh, you brought in some eggs from your mm-hmm. new ranch. So, so, and you got chickens there, right? Yeah, I got bunches of chickens. So, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The greater question <laughs> is, which came first, the human or the chicken? <laughs> Because I've learned something. The first thing I found when I visited my farm was one of my chickens' head. <laughs> it had been decapitated by either a fox, hawk. It's a mink. A, it's a mink job. Well, it could be a mink. <laughs> mink. Mink goes for the head. But I, I thought to myself, the chickens didn't make it millions of years throughout all what's happened without the human aid. <laughs> That's right. So we, because we want to eat those ourselves because every part of it is delicious, right? So one of our uh, sponsors is a company called Good Ranchers, and uh, they have wonderful chicken. They call it better than organic chicken. Mm-hmm. And they also have uh, American craft beef. Everything is raised on American uh, ranches around the country. Uh, they deliver it right to your house, which is really good. You save money. Uh, by being able to get it every month, so you have to go to the grocery store. So it's good stuff. Go to GoodRanchers.com. You can subscribe, which saves you 20% off of each box of their meats. Also brings your cost down to about 5 bucks a meal. So you also, right now, you can get an additional $20 off and free express shipping if you go to GoodRanchers.com slash fill or use the code fill at checkout. That's $20 off and free express shipping at GoodRanchers.com slash fill. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think there's uh, obviously legitimate mental mental illness. I mean, our grandmother, yeah, you know, Phil's mom was you know diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um, manic depressive. I think is what they called it back then. So I mean, I'm not discounting that, but I do think that um, yeah, we we do want to attribute spiritual sickness. We're like we we can't go there, so we got to. Sometimes they conjure up and want to make everything a physical illness, and it's just not true. I mean, there there is a spiritual sickness. But Phil, you've I mean, you on the podcast, you've talked about your encounter. You've had several encounters with people who were demon possessed, and so I mean, it is still going on. No doubt right? about I mean, it. I mean, you you and you're not somebody when you when you told me the story of the woman at the rehab that you met, and um, and then I talked to another guy who's in. Uh, a ministry with women coming out of certain types of drug addictions and stuff. And he, he said, I see it all the time. You know, I see it all the time. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's still happening. No no question about it. No doubt about it in my mind. And the solution is still the same. The word Jesus is the one who replaces a demon in a person's life. I mean, how many times do you hear people say? Well, that's what we got to agree on. Because you got a lot of people running around claiming to have all these spirits. And or these powers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the people who say they can be bitten by deadly snakes and then they put them in the ground and they're like, whoops. You know, but I know where the power source is coming from. But just as a person living in the world, I mean, we still have leprosy today. I, I looked it up. There's, they said 200,000 guesstimate people have leprosy. Well, it's, it's curable today. And even like you mentioned, our you know our grandma, she actually was rehabilitated. Now you can say the Lord healed her or the medication got right, but her last few years, yep, she, she never was, had an episode. Yeah, she 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 was basically healed. Now you can say, well, more science did a wonder, maybe so, or maybe just the Lord healed her. But I'm looking at this saying we still have leprosy today. There's still seems to be an evil presence in some people that's indescribable. No I mean, Phil's had it. his moments. I've been sharing with people that I thought, okay, <laughs> if they don't have a demon, <laughs> I'll be shocked. I mean, and you just look at, especially in some of the prison ministry that we've done. I mean, they're just, you run up on certain people that, that seems to be either they've seared their conscience or they have no soul or they, you have a demon. 
I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. And people listening to that say, oh, well, how do you know that? There's just something about sitting across from a person. And until you sit across from that person, you probably wouldn't know where I'm yeah. coming from. But it, it lit, I mean, you're just like, I got nothing besides maybe you, a demon. You know, you, you know when you see it. You can't maybe yeah. define it, but you, but you know it when you see it. And I think that there is a direct link to some of the uh, the drugs that are out there, like crystal meth. I mean, you see these people, and we see them all the time at church that come through, or in uh, particularly where Phil's preaching at over in the inner city. Uh, I mean, these folks, man, some I mean, they're out of their mind a lot of times, and um, and I think that they're inviting in this demonic realm. One thing that you can know about demons is this, though. I think this is interesting. When Jesus kicks out the demons and they beg to go into the pigs, I think it's interesting what the pigs did whenever the demons entered them. It says here in verse 32, they came out and went into the swine, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. I mean, that's really where the demonic realm leads you. It leads you to death every single time. And what Jesus offers is the opposite of that. Jesus offers peace and life through the Spirit. And I, so whatever fear that you come across with this demonic realm, I mean, we can all agree that Jesus, the name of Jesus is more powerful. And Phil, you saw that with the girl at the, at the rehab. As she, soon she as she around. heard, as soon as she heard the words, I know what she was cursing by saying, I know what that, blankety blank Bible says I said no you don't I said you're doing what you're doing by the power of the devil well when I said those words and she heard them it's when the the wildness and the sequence of events started to unfold running projectile vomiting I don't know I don't know what all went on there just we were just watching Fifteen minutes later, she walks in. She's sweating profusely, and she said in a meek voice, she left. I knew no good MFA cursing. Fifteen minutes goes by. She walks back in, and a meek little voice said, can you all help me? Can you help me? Mm. I said, we can help you. We pointed her to Jesus, and she, <laughs> and, and she left. She left a daughter of the Almighty. The next day, she was immersed. We baptized her. And she was actually hard to recognize because her facial, everything had changed. She just looked like a normal little girl after that. So but she was contorted and twisted physically. Contorted and twisted, yep. A lot of people that My I, buddy uh, was looking at me like, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> what have we got? And I to? said, demonic. I've just whispered it to him. <laughs> well, a lot of people say, well, why don't y'all tell these stories, you know, more often or how come they're not part of your speeches? But ultimately, it's God's power and, and the one who has this power who can do this. We, and his name is Jesus, and it's not us. I don't have to understand every single detail on how this works. Right. But. Uh, you know, I know who has the the cure and the answer. It, it got my attention. I'll put it that yeah. way, big well, time. Well, that's, I mean, that's the point. Though. I mean, that's the point of this story here is not even. I mean, we can ask whether this still goes on today, which it obviously does. But the the, the bigger question is: Does anybody have authority over it? Right. There is somebody who has authority over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, besides Jesus, to that to the, to that to the point, uh, Zach in verse twenty nine. The demons recognized who he was. They said, what do you want with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? And they knew it was going to end. That's right. Yeah. Their time well, is, I, that, is... Yeah, that's a that's a great question because they're, they, they're saying there, we know that we're on borrowed <laughs> time here, and in the end, you're you're running the show. Right. But you, are you, but you showed up early. You know. That's right. It's, it's not time yet. It Which is we, an acknowledgement. Which we mentioned that with, with Satan and the temptation back when we were in Matthew 4. It, you know, Satan is probing because he doesn't know what he's doing here either. But he, but he knows who he is. But he knows he's doomed. But that's why a lot of people, there's a lot of human beings like that. They're doomed. Because I used to think, well, nobody would say, I'm just doomed. I'm not going to make it. But I don't care. But when you read this, you're like, 
Yeah, they do it all the time. <laughs> That's right. I have no chance, no hope of living again, and anything that could happen in the afterlife would be bad the way I've lived my life. But yeah, so what? Right. No, I think you're. It's the, just a I, fact. I took a brutal cursing within the during that when that started to unfold. The cursing came first for no, no reason. I never had said a word. When she turned and saw me standing there with a Bible, she started in on me, you know, and she called me every vile name you can be called. And then she takes off running. Well, I asked that rehab woman who was talking to her when all that cursing took place. I said, do you think she would sit down with us for a while here? And she said, you want to talk to her after <laughs> that cursing? I said, yeah, we'll talk to her. Just tell her when she sat down. And that's how that, that whole thing started. But it ended up Which, she's daughter of God and just as meek and gentle and calm and sweetest little thing you ever seen. But at that day, the day before, whoo! Yeah, it took some it took some boldness to do that. Let's let's take another break. Well, I know one thing from Acts twenty, you you want to make sure you're putting Jesus out there first in yep. front of you yep. because the sons of Sceva tried it on their own Yep, and they just got the fire beat out of them. <laughs> they right. left naked and bleeding. Jesus, we know Paul, we know. And you remember the woman, you? <laughs> some woman was following the apostle Paul and his little entourage and they were just back behind them. Yeah. And she kept hollering how great they were. Yeah. Yeah. Said after about two or three days, the apostle Paul got tired of it That's right. and finally rebuked her is demon possessed because she and but she was not saying anything bad. She would just what's the word bothersome. Yes, I, was, I've said before. This the first time in the history of casting out demons they got cast out because she was annoying. Yeah, I mean Paul, yeah. Paul just was annoyed, so he's like, get out of her. And then of course he got the fire beat out of him because she was making money for yeah. these people because whenever yeah. she had some kind of gift with her demon possession. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty amazing when you read about it, but you're right, dad. I mean, it's pretty, it's very common and understood in this context. They were much more open than people are in our culture to even the notion or the idea. And well, I mean, even believers, by the way, you know, they I've just seen for some reason, I must say in all this, I have seen an uptick in this type of behavior just trying to sit down with people and point them to Jesus. In the last decade, I've seen way more look like what we're discussing here than I ever did before. So yeah. I don't know what that means, but... I, I think it's the uh, drugs. I really think that, that the, it's opening up something. I mean, I, you, you walk the streets of Asheville, where I live, I mean, it's like they're just on the, on the, in the streets, just standing there, just completely yep. out of their mind, just rocking back and forth, or, or they're, 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 they're tweaking or wigging out. I mean, it's... It just looks bizarre, and I think that a lot of these folks have no hope, um, and they they just descend into this abyss. But man, I but also Phil, you 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 see that, but you also see you've seen an incredible harvest over the last that is correct five years. So I mean, that it's is kind correct. Of cool how God is opening that that healing up for these. It's people. an uptick in conversions too, by the way. Well, because because the need is there, and of course, there's been a there's a lot of theories. But one of the theories is because Jesus was on the earth during this period of time, that we realize what a chaos it caused in on earth him being here. But think about the spiritual realm as well, because the, like I said, they're on borrowed time. Evil knows they know that there's going to be an end. You so got to remember, so it caused quite a bit of chaos in the spiritual realm. We as have well. a culture now where. Satan is entrenched in an organization where they actually worship the devil instead of Jesus. I mean, it's, it's they have they have lessons and how to pull it off and whatever. Well, it's, you and see that in like the teenage world. This a lot of them go through this gothic, yeah, dark, whatever everything's all about that dark, is. Yeah, and even and like in the sexual world, you have this. I don't even can't even pronounce it, but they got the whips and the bondage and all this. They try to attach violence and yeah. and sex and. I noticed that's coming dark. out of all the commercials and watching the NFL and football games. I'm seeing more and more of what you're talking about just on the commercials, right. and I'm like, where in the world did all that come from? Yeah, well, it shows you how quickly it descends. Zach is right. It descends into darkness and chaos, which is an opening for more evil yep. to be able to thrive. Because remember when Jesus told the parable, or was it a parable when he was talking about the uh, 
when you cast out a demon, you got to make sure you, you get the right thing in there because seven more will come back worse than the one. I'm just a one man on human earth, human being on planet earth, but I've seen a gigantic leap on, on, on people, satanic behavior more and more and more. The further I go here, I'm 75, I'm looking at it, I said, boy, that's been a big change. It's became satanic worship now is mainstream. Yeah. It's mainstream. That's right. You know, our, our old pal, uh, Zach, it's ugly. that's on the blaze, uh, Jason Whitlock, uh, who I love. He was a sports guy, but now he's kind of more of a, you know, political, cultural commentator for Blaze, and uh, which I want to get him on our podcast sometime because he's amazing. But I've been seeing him in interviews lately, and he, he's been saying the same thing. It's really interesting because he's using a political context, but he says, I just, you know, I'm not going to apologize by saying this, but it, what I, the way I would describe this is satanic. I mean, he puts he puts the onus back on that the, these are spiritual problems because you know everybody's talking about what oh, can we do the politics, the, what can the Democrats, Republicans, and he's like it's satanic, meaning that there's only one thing that'll solve that, and that's what we're seeing here. You have to have something bigger than that to cast it out and to replace it. That's why I'm seated right now with my Bible in front of me. <laughs> that's right, and surrounded by your sons and nephews. That is exactly what I'm doing here. Exactly right. Trying to head it off. Let's take our last. We baptized four yesterday morning, by the way. We were born again, so. Hey, it works. Let's take our last break. So, verse 34, uh, I thought this was interesting. So, how do you think people respond to this, Dad? Look at 34. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus because it would be a happening because everybody's been afraid of these guys. Now they're normal. The pigs have run off and drown in the water and when they saw him they pleaded with him to leave their region <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you think it's a hey why don't you hang around because we got some more you know things to do nope and i've always wondered was that because they were afraid of him or was that because all their pigs just died or you know was this a financial thing or what i don't know why, why would they have asked him to leave you think? i think because a lot they knew that a lot of these demonic people were going to take it out on them. Hmm. Well, I didn't thought about that. You know, they, because they, 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 the demons they didn't die in the water, by the way, the pigs no, died, no. but you, think, well, they might've thought the maybe, he, maybe he don't like pigs, <laughs> but I, I do, I do say there's some, there's something there to be said about people are more, I mean, look, we love animals and, but when you get that out of whack, People are more important than animals. That's Th right. This may be a subliminal point on that, but there's no doubt about that. He yeah. was he was concerned over these two guys who, by no decision of their own, I'm assuming, they were being possessed by a demon. But when you asked that question earlier, is there a demon possession today? I think the difference is, I think before Jesus died and was buried and resurrected, I do think the evil one, could come into a person in a demon possession way, this is my opinion, but based on what I'm reading, without their consent or it, he could just happen. But I think once that happened, then you got in the New Testament and you got verses like resist him and he'll flee from you. I think Jesus gave you the power to stop that from happening. I don't think he can come and possess someone unless they're willing. That's just my two. I think that's yeah, true. I agree. I think yeah. that is true. And I think to Zach's point, you can, I think there are things you can do to yourself, to your mind and to your body that make you more vulnerable yeah. for evil to not only rule, but also, I guess, enter and rule, you know, which is, well, which is what the, people the, do. Uh, Galatians 5, and it gives the acts of the sinful nature. Um, one of the acts is witchcraft, which the, um, the Greek word is pharmakia. Which is similar to kind of our word for pharmacy, and and I, you know, um, I think that's potions and things that they were mm -hmm. ingesting to put themselves in a psychedelic world, you know, to alter their state of mind. So I think when we do these things, I think I I really believe that's a big one of the big gateways. Um, you know, um, uh, Chad Johnson, who has the ministry that um, 
with the young with the women. He and he he thinks that uh, sexual abuse and uh, generational sins like that that also are gateways in you know things that like you're bringing this in into your families and so. I mean, I think it's it is. There are situations where people were abused, maybe, so they didn't necessarily invite something in, but something happened to them. But either way, I mean, again, I go back to the point that like, Jesus is bigger. Jesus, He's bigger than than the demon possession, and anybody can be redeemed and delivered. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's what was happening here. The presence of God has showed up on the scene, and that's why those people wanted him to leave because they they got nervous in his presence. They're like something. If you're if you're an evil person, you don't want to be. You don't want the Son of God in your in your region. You're like get out of here. And I think that's what was going on here. No, I think I think Zach's on to something. Even in Hollywood, they're making a big push to make movies about psychedelics, and as an answer to the mental illness, they're trying to come up with a drug which would replace the power of transformation that Jesus and his spirit offers, which so there's a big push and there's a lot of companies trying to research and getting all this money to try to figure out, Oh, maybe it's the psychedelic world that is the cure. But I mean, you don't think that's a push in our world today. That's where they're, that's where they're camping out in, which I think is the wrong move. I mean, even I think that's why marijuana took off because they're like, well, if we can just get people to calm down, quit being so angry. But, you know, to Zach's point earlier about the pigs, it's true because when the opioids moved in big time in America, Mm. what followed? Suicides. Well, exactly. Death. I mean, young people totally, you know, losing their their future and their life. But Al, in a different way. It cost them their life. In a weird, different way, even in the sex realm, the same thing happened. When they come up with the little blue pill, Mm. well, they never thought about extending people's life to where they could have sex again. Well, then they started dying of heart attacks because their body <laughs> wasn't able <laughs> to keep up. Yeah. And so, but it made me think, uh, they missed you know out what? on the idea that our life is in seasons. Yeah. At some point, the sexual revolution for you is stopping unless <laughs> Jesus gives you a pill. <laughs> it, it, seriously. Yeah. But people don't, they're just so temporary minded. Yeah. That that that's where our culture is, but I, I have it's weird that you brought up that word because I was thinking the same thing because of the the movies that are coming out with this psychedelic counseling as the answer. You you get all whacked out on mushrooms and then you somehow can find your you find deliverance your, through that. But but you yeah, but yeah it's it's a it, it's read, not. I read something yeah, about Nicole Kidman did a show or something about that. I don't know the name of it, but I remember reading something about that. That it was your the ultimate counselor is for you to get in a psychedelic state yeah. with with drugs. But you think about it, that's a, that's not only witchcraft. That that's you know shamans, you know, the Native Americans, and their a lot of their religious practices. You know, include these coming up with these things you ingest that then puts you in this state of mind to see things, to conjure things, to, you know, whatever. And so you're right. I mean, that you're, you're, you're now entering the realm of spiritual realm, evil forces. So sometimes they bite back, you know, that's, yep. that's well, they got that idea for music. Cause they're like some of these whacked out drug induced songs that came out, which were great. They're like, hey, Pink Floyd pulled it off. You you know, I'll tell you what, though, the the last time, the last time that I saw our cousin who committed suicide, who was hooked on fentanyl, was down at Phil's house. He had escaped rehab and watching this brilliant person that I knew growing up all my life, who was a brilliant accountant, super sharp guy. And, and and seeing what he had was reduced to in those final months of his life, just completely out of his mind. And I'm looking at, at him and I, and Phil, you were there that night, and it just wasn't him. It was not him. He had been taken over by by that addiction, and um, I think it was demonic. You know, and I think yep. ultimately it led to him taking his own life. It's sad, but it's happening all over the country right now. It's an epidemic. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And in fact, I had the the burden of speaking at his funeral. And it was really interesting because I was sitting there and, you know, I had things prepared, I was going to say, but obviously, you know, we're all, we were super close at one time in our lives. And so I was a little bit 
like probably everybody sitting in that room, I was not only deflated, but I was angry because I thought I was angry at the evil one. I was angry at him. And so I'm just sitting there. But then they started rolling the pictures at the beginning when he was a boy, when he was a kid, when he was a teenager, young man, he was married. And it was really good for me personally because then it, it humanized him again in my mind that he was a, a good guy that got on a bad path and the evil one got into him. And that's what happens. I mean, uh, Jace has mentioned this before. Uh, he diligently studied the scriptures and he could quote them. If I started out on a, a Bible quote, he would finish it. He knew the scriptures, but he just didn't know Jesus. Yeah. He refused to come to Jesus. Right. And you introduced him to Jesus in a in a process, and he did great for a while in there. Yep. Till till it till is and that was back to that parable till the seven came I back tried in worse than with the everything in my power. I tried with God's help. And it, you know, but it, but you got to remember, Phil, it, when you get down to chapter nine and thirty four, and Jesus drives out another demon. Well, the Pharisees, you know what their response was in verse thirty four? He is a demon. It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. That's why last podcast I brought up the idea of model prisoners in our prison system, and we have some some churches and religious people that are they're model prisoners. <laughs> they. Because they're not looking at Jesus and his grace being offered. They're still trying to base it on some kind of human performance, which can never be done. So the best you can hope for is be a model prisoner at a church. Still cell. behind bars. You're still behind bars. <laughs> and this is a classic example of them. It's a good point. Well, we've run out of time, Zach. That went by quick. It did. So we'll I don't think we ever got to where we were initially trying to get to. But, oh well. <laughs> well, the good thing about it is we got next time. The Bible's thick. The Bible's thick. We'll do better next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.